Hey, and welcome back to the Ashcraft Minecraft Podcast. I'm your host, Asher. But before we go any farther, I am so grateful for your downloads. We've just passed the 2,000 download mark, and I am so ready and excited to start the new year off with Chapter 5 of Minecraft Dungeons Rise of the Arch Illager. Let's dive right in! Chapter 5 Despite the villagers' entitled reservations about him, Archie managed to find a way to fit in well in relatively little time. The morning after he arrived, Yumi sat down and listened to the tale of how he'd been banished from his tribe. Later that day, she took him around and introduced him to everyone in the village, one home at a time. In the naked light of day, Archie must have seemed much less threatening to the villagers. Yumi had found an old set of clothes to dress him in. They were simple but serviceable for villager clothing, or so she told him. Even so, they were nicer than just about anything he'd ever worn as part of his illager tribe. Most villagers Archie met seemed kind and happy now. Even the ones who'd scowled at him last night. A few of them actually said, Welcome to our village, to him. The only real expectation was Sala. He refused to speak to Archie at all. Instead, he tried to pretend the Illager wasn't there as he growled at Yumi. That thing you dressed up like a doll is vermin, he told her. It doesn't belong here, and every minute you keep it here, you put the entire village in danger. Yumi scoffed at him and gestured at Archie. Look at him. Does he look like a threat to you? Sala pointedly didn't take his eyes off Yumi's face. That's an illager, not a villager. Only villagers belong in the village. It's in the name. With that, he slammed the door of his house in Yumi's face. She narrowed her eyes at it for a moment, as if she was considering kicking it down. Instead, she turned and escorted Archie away. Don't worry about him, she said as they headed back to her place. He'll come around eventually. What if he doesn't? Archie couldn't help but worry that the man would do anything in his power to get rid of him. Then it'll make him miserable. Not you? But there's nothing you can do about that. Over the next couple of weeks, Archie did his best to make himself useful. He accompanied Yumi out of her house whenever she went out, mostly because he didn't want to be left there alone. Any time she asked him to do something, he jumped to comply. He wanted nothing more than to please her, and to, as Yumi often commented with a gentle smile, earn his keep. Archie wasn't always good at doing what he was asked, but he put every bit of effort into it that he could muster, terrified that Yumi's mercy toward him could expire at any moment. He made up his mind that he wasn't going to give her any excuse to let the rest of the people kick him out of the village. At least not if he could help it. Everything seemed to be going smoothly. Archie actually felt more useful than he ever had at any other point in his life. And even appreciated. Well, the people of the village didn't completely trust him, yet, he told himself. They treated him better than almost all of his fellow illagers ever had. Where the illagers valued cunning, viciousness, and might, the villagers placed importance on harmony, teamwork, and community instead. 
There hadn't been a place for Archie among the illagers, but the villagers seemed to be willing to make room for him, as long as he could prove himself worthy of that space. He set himself to doing exactly that. He got to know the people in the village, their names, their occupations, the things they cared about, and the people they loved. That included Zoo the baker, Wendy the farmer, Farouk the tailor, Chandra the smith, Zuri the shepherd, Nanook, a cowhand, and Liam the cook, as well as many more. At first, many of them were reluctant to share things with him, but he was so insistent about being allowed to help that they eventually relented on that front, if only to shut him up. During the time he spent with them after that, they would while away moments by chatting with him, answering his questions, and telling him stories about their land and their lives in it. In his early days in the village, Archie wasn't really trying to make friends. His life as an illager hadn't prepared him to do anything but assume the worst of anyone, so he was only trying to see how he could make himself useful to the villagers so that they wouldn't hurt him or kick him out. Back at the illager mansion, Archie and apparently all of the other illagers had long ago decided he wasn't much use to anyone. So he just spent his time trying to avoid everyone else. In the village, that just wasn't possible. First, Archie stuck out, even in villager clothes. He didn't look anything like them. His gray skin gave him away. Second, the villagers had a well-earned distrust of villagers, so they always kept at least one eye on him no matter where he was. He didn't have any chance to blend in. Third, and maybe most important, Archie discovered that he liked the attention. As an outsider, he was an oddity. Sure, but not in the way he'd been with the illagers. Once the villagers got over their entitled wariness of him, they showed actual curiosity about him, his illager culture, and how he fit into it. Sala, for example, took to asking Archie all sorts of questions about illager life. Archie knew that he was only, at least at first, trying to pick apart his story so that he could out the illager as some sort of spy. As they conversed, usually with Yumi at Archie's side, to ensure he felt safe to speak, Sala's questions became less probing and more philosophical. He wanted to know not just if the villagers would attack the village, but why. Many of the things villagers learned about the illager way of life earned Archie their pity. Or that was how he saw it at first. It took him a long time to realize it wasn't the kind of pity an illager would show him. Condescending and scathing, filled with disgust. Instead, it came from a place of real sympathy and understanding based in compassion. As the villagers began to care about Archie as a person, he began to see them not as foolishly benevolent souls from whom he could beg shelter and protection, but as folks who might someday come to care for him, and maybe even trust him. Every evening, Yumi brought Archie back to her place, fed him a hot, warmed, and delicious dinner, and let him sleep in a warm and comfortable bed in her spare room. She called it hospitality, something he'd never experienced before as an illager. Back at the mansion, people had what they could take from others, which meant Archie rarely had much of anything. And if they had any extra, they hoarded it rather than sharing it. The idea that Yumi would give things to Archie freely 
and that he could accept them without compunction disturbed him at first. It took him a long while to get used to it, to let it feel like home. In their off hours, Archie and Yumi would chat endlessly about their different experiences with the world and their places in it. Over time, they opened up to each other, and Archie realized that he was no longer trying to help out in the village, simply to prove his worth. He'd come to care about the place and the villagers who lived in it, especially Yumi, who'd showed him so much kindness. Yumi's hobby in the village, it turned out, was watching over the iron golems that protected the place. The villagers were a peaceful people, so much that they usually kept their hands hidden inside the sleeves of their clothes to indicate their lack of aggression. But the world wasn't always as kind as they were, so they needed something to protect them from it. That's where the golems came in. Archie didn't like to spend much time around the golems, as he worried that they would see him as a threat and attack him. But since he was living in Yumi's home, he couldn't entirely avoid them. Yumi soon showed him the error of his ways by introducing him to the village's protectors. It turned out that the iron golems were entirely peaceful, at least until someone attacked one of the villagers. Instead of preparing for the fight, they spent most of their time just strolling around and keeping an eye on the village. Sometimes, they stood staring at things for so long that they seemed like little more than metal statues. One afternoon, one of the golems, Yumi's favorite, who spent lots of time near her home, approached Archie directly. The little illager's first instinct had been to scramble away from it and find some place to hide. Yumi caught him, though, before he could slip into the house. Don't be shy, she told him with a laugh. It has something for you. What? Archie said, surprised. He suspected that something involved causing him pain, and he steeled himself for whatever came next. Yumi smiled at him. Stick out your hand. In spite of reservations, Archie decided to trust Yumi, who hadn't steered him wrong so far. And he did as she said. In return, the iron golem held out its own hand, in which it held a pretty flower, which it presented to Archie. Go ahead, Yumi said with a warm giggle. Take it. Archie reached out and gingerly took the flower from the iron golem's outstretched hand. Apparently satisfied, the creature turned around and went back to its duties. The illager marveled at the beauty of its gift as it left. The village, as Archie came to know, had been built by the people who lived there, or at least the people who came before the people who lived there, with their bare hands. They'd harvested and mined the resources they need, and crafted them into the homes and the buildings that dotted the area they'd carved out of Squid Coast. People like them had originally settled from one another, staking out their own separate portions of the land. But the ever-present of threat of undead mobs and illager raids had driven them to band together their, for their own safety, if nothing else. I'm sorry about that, Archie told Yumi one night. About the illager raids, I mean. She snorted at him. Did you ever take part in any of them? He lowered his eyes. Only the ones I was forced to, but yes. Did you ever hurt anyone? 
He hesitated before he answered. They'd been enjoying a quiet dinner, and he was loath to ruin it. Not for lack of trying, he finally said. But I was fortunately awful at it. That's good, she replied with a chuckle. Good that you're so awful at being bad? He nodded in agreement. I'm trying hard to get better at being good instead. Just keep practicing, Yumi said as she started to clear the dishes. You'll get the hang of it. Soon, Archie didn't feel like he was a guest in the village anymore. It became more of a home to him than any other place he'd known. He'd actually began to relax, just a little. Enough that he wasn't waking up in the middle of the night, ready to scream at an insect scratching against the glass in the window in his bedroom. Inevitably, something ruined it for him. If he'd had to guess beforehand, he would have bet that it would have been the fault of Sala, who sometimes was still rude and mean to him, although not every chance he got. But Sala wasn't the one who shattered Archie's dreams of becoming a part of the village community, of becoming at least an honorary villager himself. It was all due to the hero, well, heroes. Archie was working in the garden in the center of the village when the heroes arrived. He'd already helped feed the cows and pigs that morning, and had spent the afternoon assisting people who actually knew what they were doing. When shearing the village's pen full of sheep, he was looking forward to another peaceful f- dinner with Yumi when he heard the commotion at the edge of the village. The sun was drawing lower in the sky when the heroes arrived. In contrast to the villagers, the newcomers were loud and boisterous. As they chattered with one another, their voices carried throughout the entire place, almost like alarms to let the villagers know that they were coming. The heroes spoke in some kind of odd language that Archie had never been able to understand. He'd only heard it before from the hero who had defeated his entire raiding party, and then he'd only been able to guess at the meaning from the tones of the hero's exclamations. They'd mostly been expressions of surprise and triumph, sprinkled with cursing about the rare injury anyone had been able to inflict upon him. Now, though, the tones has the rhythm of a pleasant conversation among people who are at least casual acquaintances, if not actual friends. Still, their words made no sense to Archie, or, as far as he could tell, anyone around him. As the voices grew closer, Yumi appeared at Archie's side and put a gentle hand on his shoulder. We should get you inside, she said, her voice all hurried business. Archie considered telling her that he wasn't afraid of the heroes, but it turned out he was. He nodded at her and then followed her from the garden and headed toward her home. Can you understand them? she asked as they strode along at a brisk pace, fast enough to make progress, but hopefully not enough to draw too much attention to themselves. He shook his head. I was hoping you might be able to. Yumi shook her head as she glanced back over her shoulder in the direction from which the loud, strange conversation had rolled toward them. We managed to barter with them, mostly by grunts and hand signals. But they're not from around here. They don't feel the need to learn our language or teach us any of theirs. I don't think that anyone's ever been able to have a proper civilized chat with them. But it's been that way forever. Archie glanced backward with her, 
hoping that he wouldn't spy the heroes chasing after them. That's how he didn't see Sala stepping straight in front of them, not until he slammed right into the villager's chest. Hey! Yumi snapped at Sala, her strides had, her strides had sent her straight past him while he'd knocked down Archie, and she had to spin around to return to him. What do you think you're doing? Where are you off to in such a hurry? Sala asked, as if she didn't already know exactly where they were headed. He pointed down at the still-prone Archie. We have new guests in the village. I thought our current guest might want to meet them. Yumi swung around Sala and helped Archie to his feet. And why would he want that? Sala gave her an extaggered shrug. They have so much in common. Don't you think? For one thing, no one really wants them here. Not permanently. And why is that? Yumi juddered, her chin out, deafened. Sala stabbed a finger at the ground. Because they don't belong here. That's not really for you to say, is it? Yumi took Archie by the hand and led him around Sala. Sala matched her move, sidestepping in front of her and blocking her way. He replied to her loudly, I suppose when someone brings an illager into the village, it's every good villager's concern. Yumi hissed at the man as if she might strike him down there. Get out of our way. It's strange, isn't it? Sala's voice rose with each word until he was actually shouting. I mean, villagers live in a village, right? But illagers, they don't live in an illage, do they? Archie didn't understand what Sala was doing. Not then, anyhow, but when he heard the people chattering in their nonsense tongue behind him, he finally got it. He turned around slowly, hoping not to find what he knew he was doomed to see. The heroes had strolled up right behind him, and now they were staring straight down at him. There were five of them. At first, that was all that Archie could take in. He'd never seen more than one hero at a time before, and one of them had been enough to take on a whole raiding party and destroy it. That's why the illagers generally gave them a wide berth. But here were five of them together. Archie couldn't imagine what force he could stand before them. Not his illager tribe, certainly not the entirety of the villagers, and definitely not Yumi and him. The heroes gazed down at him with curious eyes, as if they'd never seen anything like him before. At least they haven't attacked me, Archie thought, yet. Somewhere behind him, Sala started laughing. Archie wanted to turn around and kick him in the shins, but he didn't dare take his eyes off the heroes. He feared that if he did so, he'd wind up with a sword jabbed into his back. The heroes looked so different from even the villagers. There was something affirmal about them that set them apart. They were stronger, faster, and just sharper. They each wore a suit of armor, although each suit was made of different materials and fashioned in different colors. They each carried a sword in their hands, sharp and ready. Some of them carried shields, too, while others bore mighty bows and quivers stuffed full of arrows instead. All of them simply gazed down at Archie, as if he were a mystery waiting to be solved. That's him! Sola pointed at Archie as he walked out from behind him in a wide circle, making sure that Yumi couldn't intervene. 
that's the one you're looking for. Shut up, Yumi barked at Sala. They couldn't possibly be looking for him. Archie gasped and gaped at Sala. The villager, had the villagers somehow managed to tell the heroes of his presence here? Had they figured out a way to communicate with him? Would they do his bidding? And what would that be? Would they run him out of town? Or would they simply just end him then and there? Archie's head swam from the horrible possibilities. He felt like passing out on the spot. At least that would put an end to all of the speculation. He'd either wake up or he wouldn't. And it would all be outside of his control. Yumi reached out and steadied him with a hand on his shoulder. It's all right, she told him. I won't let them hurt you. Archie tried his best to believe her, but he just couldn't manage it. One of the heroes stepped forward and peered down at Archie. Curiosity narrowed his gaze. He seemed confused, as if Archie's presence presented an unwelcome puzzle the hero needed to solve. Archie tried to turn away, but the hero reached out and grabbed him by the chin and forced Archie to look into his eyes. It was then that Archie finally recognized him. He was the hero who destroyed his raiding party. Thank you all for listening to Chapter 5 of Minecraft Dungeons Rise of the Arch Illager. Be sure to tune in to the next episode as we dive a little deeper into Matt Forbeck's amazing Minecraft Dungeons Rise of the Arch Illager. I'm your host, Asher, and this is the Ashcraft Minecraft Podcast. Peace!